Well, welcome to the Truckers Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 10.01 p.m. here on January the 10th. And today, uh, we're going to talk about back to school starting the 17th of this month um, here in Ontario, Canada. And uh, hopefully, um, they get this right. Thank you for coming out here and joining me this evening. Um, I'm actually really surprised, um, you know, to, you know, the government to make this announcement, the Ontario government to make this announcement today. Um, The uh, federal government and the uh, provincial government, um, they had um, like a Zoom uh, meeting um today and um should we be surprised i mean we've had um you know special interest groups um parent groups uh pediatricians uh, talking about you know getting the kids uh back into school Now, you know, originally, you know, the school was to start, um, it was to start on the 3rd uh, of January. They extended it to the 5th. Why they did like a two-day thing, I have no idea. You know, thinking that it's going to be enough for for the kids to, or in the teachers, whatever, to be prepared and then doing an about face and then saying, you know, no schools are not going to go back in until at least um, the, sep- till the 17th of, of January. You know, and in that, and that's in, in, in basically in the same, same breath, you know, the, the government, you know, resorting us back to you know basically like a like a stage two reopening again because you know we didn't close all of the non-essential businesses what we did close here um was the uh we closed the gyms we closed the movie theaters um we reduced capacity um for um sporting events that held over a thousand people so that was, you know, that was reduced only to a thousand people for sporting events, capacity limits um, in grocery stores, capacity limits um, in the shopping malls, and other non-essential and all non-essential uh, businesses, recreational um, sports. Um, they have been. Um, canceled um as well and um all we've seen you know 
even like the ons- onset of the holidays, like just before Christmas, you know, we've seen the, these increases uh, of, of cases. And, you know, it, it's really going across the board here. I mean, it's going through every sector that you can imagine. You know, every workforce out there, it doesn't matter. It's leaving shortages of staff. The government talked about having priority spots available for teachers who have yet to still be vaccinated. And I don't know why that case is, you know, why even, you know, teachers still not vaccinated or they've had their first dose or they're looking to get their second dose or they're looking to get their booster, whatever the case may be. So they're opening, so prioritizing the teachers, you know, to get in there, get vaccinated, do what you got to do, you know. Um, And then as, you know, I was reading uh, another article, um, you know, with the, uh, the Toronto Transit Commission, you know, over the course of time leading up some from November, throughout November, given their employees ample time to get vaccinated because they mandated this as a policy in the Toronto Transit Commission. And so far, it's been something like three over 300 people have been let go from those services because they, you know, failed to show their status or not vaccinated and have been fired. Now, there's been this discussion been going on for some time, you know, um, with employers uh, mandating this, and, and mostly it's been corporations. And even the federal government here in Canada mandating that truckers be fully vaccinated in order to cross back and forth the land borders between here between Canada and the United States. And that leaves a, 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 a huge question, you know, will people, you know, who are, you know, losing their jobs because they're not following the mandated regulations put out by the corporations or businesses, will they get employment insurance? Will they get severance pay? These sort of things are, are um, slowly going through the court system. And it's going to take some time in order before we even get an answer back um, from the courts here in Ontario, in, in, even if it goes as far as the, the uh, Supreme Court of Canada. We're going to be lagging and waiting for that, for that to any ruling to come down for that. 
Now, I guess during this meeting between the federal government and, and the uh, provincial leaders here across Canada, uh, and this and like here in Ontario specifically, you know, because every province had had set up their their own school closures and when they're going to return. Uh, British Columbia uh, returned their kids back to school today, and so here in Ontario, the the Ontario government is saying that the schools will reopen for in person learning on January the seventeenth. Now, like I said, like in the schools, the province were set to return on the 3rd, but the government initially delayed the return to classrooms to January the 5th and claiming that two extra days would give schools time to provide um, masks to staff and and deploy, you know, 3,000 more um, HEPA filter units. Two days. I mean, you have any schools we have in this province? You know, the two days would never have done it in the first place. And then, you know, like I said, doing a boat face to say, well, no, we're going to keep the schools closed until the 17th of January. Now, the other part of the decision was, is that we, you know, was on, was made amid the surging uh, COVID cases fueled by the Omicron variant, which has seen hospitals um, faced with higher and unusual patient volumes and staff shortages. And that's what we're facing right now. I was reading an article earlier, just on the weekend, hospital in Toronto, the the, the emergency service was without 50 ambulances because they're tied up at the hospitals sitting with the patients, waiting to be seen. You know, we can't have this sort of disruptions. We can't. Shortage of nurses, shortage of doctors, people who have to self-isolate or have come down with, down with COVID in in the uh, healthcare profession, not just here in Ontario, right across the entire country. We're seeing it in all sectors. Friday just passed, I went for a PCR test. I got my results back yesterday from the London um, Health Science Center. I tested positive for COVID. Last week, so, you know, like the third, so I lived with two other people in the house. On the third, one test positive. I was supposed to be going back to work by that time. We had the Monday off. So one member test positive. 
that means I got to isolate. I did a rapid test on Wednesday. I tested negative. The next day, another member in the household does a rapid test and test positive. That was so the Thursday. I call the health unit on Friday and tell them my predicament. Look, at, you know, this is the situation that I'm in. And the only way and the only reason why I could get a PCR test is because I'm an essential caregiver. Send me for the PCR test Friday afternoon. I get my test results back yesterday and I test positive for COVID. Now, I've been off work since the 31st of December. I had the 31st off, but that's New Year's. Of course, then the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. I had the Monday as well, so I got a four-day weekend. Returned back to work, you know, Tuesday just passed. And here I'm still home. And today's the 10th. And I get my test results back yesterday. I tested positive for COVID. I haven't gone anywhere. Now, hopefully, you know, I mean, the health unit, I mean, if they're, you know, said in the test results that somebody from the health unit will contact me within a couple of days. So I don't expect that to happen until Wednesday. I mean, I can just imagine how many people, you know, they got a contact. Maybe we, you know, just here in the city that, you know, we're not getting a lot of cases that they can at least, you know, keep up with the phone calls with people who have tested positive. The other problem that we're running into is with the rapid tests, is they have that um, that um, false positive. Now, I may have gotten that on the Wednesday when I tested with the rapid test. Because even on Wednesday, I had a really sore throat, somewhat of a cough, and congested. And I get a negative test. And then able to get the the PCR test uh, at the COVID testing site and test positive. I mean, I feel I feel pretty good. You know, my symptoms um, weren't like a lot of people that were experiencing um, headaches and fever and muscle aches and, and chills. You know, all that stuff here just you know, a sore throat and a cough and just really congested, you know, those were my symptoms. So 
I don't expect to be, you know, back. I mean, if they, if they turn around and they say to me, well, the, the day of the test, you know, because I was already, I've, I've already been, you know, from Monday to the Friday. So I was already isolating five days because, you know, they shorten it from 10 days to five days. So I already did self-isolation because someone tested positive, then someone else tested positive in the household. So I'm already isolating. So like I said, I go for my PCR test on the Friday, you know, unknowingly, but we can actually, you know, say, I was already infected. So does my isolation period start from Friday? And we go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as five days. Or when I got my test results back yesterday that I was positive, do I go five days from yesterday? So be in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'll bring me to Friday. Or when is it they can get me back in for another test so I can test negative? Even though as the days goes on and I start feeling better, doesn't mean that I'm clear of the virus. I gotta have a negative test. And so with the shortages of staff everywhere, you know, um, and, and, you know, with, with, with people, you know, with, with these special interest groups, you know, calling out the government and saying, look, you know, the kids have to go back to school on 17th. Because the other measures put in place go run until the, the 21st of January. That's with, you know, capacity limits. And you know, like I said, we closed our, like the uh, recreational sports, we closed the gyms, we closed the movie theaters, um, uh, reduced capacity limits everywhere. So right now, because, you know, and it's right across the board here in Canada, every single province, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, today I could read that we have 10,000 cases. We have 2,500 people in hospital, 450 in ICU. The general population, you know, and like I said uh, uh, yesterday on, on my on my show, is that the only people that can get a PCR test is people that work in the medical field, people that work in nursing homes and retirement homes, people who are essential caregivers. The rest of the general population cannot get a PCR test. They're gonna have to rely on on the uh, on the rapid test. We can't count the general population and how many cases we've got out there. 
And how many people are going to get a false positive using the rapid test? And then I was reading an article today, uh, uh, one of, you know, the best, you know, in, in the province of a, de- uh, of a disease infectious doctor, um, even suggest doing a throat swab with the, with the rapid test. And more likely, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get the test result you don't want. So people out there, you know, even, even around the world, I'm sure, you know, with the rapid test that, that you have, or you've used them and, and maybe you, you've got a a false positive and you have a sore throat and, and you have a cough and you have congestion. Those are my symptoms. And I test positive. And maybe you tested negative on the rapid test. Try a throat swab. And do the test again if you have another rapid test that you that you you know have hands on that you have access to. So we have no way of knowing how many cases we actually here have here just in the province of Ontario. But we do know when they say we got 10,000 cases, that's from the PCR test. So, like I said, with the general population, we have no idea how many cases are out there. You know, people, you know, during this time of year, you know, pre-pandemic, I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, it's winter time. You know, we get the common cold. You know, uh, I mean, it's even flu season, by the way. You know, but that's irrelevant because we haven't even acknowledged or, or anybody's even been, you know, found to have the flu. So, how many people? you know, are walking amongst us, you know, um, even just with the symptoms that I had. If we didn't have our hands on a rapid test just Monday that passed, even though some in the household felt like shit and we had no way of testing, I would have been going to work and I was infected. Not even knowing it. It was very fortunate that we had, we got our hands on a rapid test and somebody test positive in the household. I mean, I could have been gone to work all this week. You know, I'm a city driver and I, uh, I was infected. So how many more people out there, you know, who, you know, the government, you know, the government says, you know, we got 140 million rapid tests that we're going to send out across all 10 provinces in, 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 uh, in uh, three, uh, three territories, you know, throughout this month of January. 
And the only reason why we got our hands on one is because when the school broke for Christmas break, kids got a rapid test. So if you had two kids in your family or you had three kids in your family, each kid got home, got sent home with a rapid test. So my daughter had an extra one. That's the only reason, uh, you know, we that we found out that somebody's positive in the household. It shouldn't be this difficult to get your hands on a rapid test in this country. This is fucking ridiculous. The United Kingdom sends out rapid tests to every single household. In Canada, a population of 37 million people and stuff like that, you got 140 million test kits that you can send out and they're just going to just drop them on the doorsteps of each provinces and the provinces is going to decide when they're going to send them out. It's ridiculous. So I can't even imagine how many people going to the shopping malls, going to work, not having access to a rapid test, not having access to a PCR test because they don't fall in the category to get a PCR test. And they're walking around with a sore throat coughing, stuffiness. Have the coronavirus and not even thinking about that's what it is because, you know, three symptoms, sore throat, cough, runny nose. Three symptoms. We want to thunk it. And those are my symptoms. That's what I have. My, my throat is still, is not as sore as it's been, but it is still sore. You know, what they go by now, ladies and gentlemen, is what they're, what they're, what they're counting, you know, with the PCR test and and the most important numbers that they're counting is how many people are in hospital and how many people are in the ICU. That's what we're doing here in Canada. And, And of course, you know, like uh, like other countries, um, you know, with the United States and, you know, Canada and, and maybe even um, Europe is going to start to do this. You know, maybe they're doing it already. I don't know. But the isolation time cut in half, you know, for fully vaccinated people who come down with COVID from 10 days to five days. Right. And that is just a guideline. I mean, don't chalk it up as saying, oh, my five days are up and yeah, I still got a sore throat and runny nose and stuff like that. Oh, I can go out now because it's my five days isolation. You got to get tested. You got to test negative. 
So people, I mean, if you get the, if, if, I mean, if you don't understand, you know, the rules when they say a five day isolation for people who are fully vaccinated, just because those five days are up and you still have a sore throat and stuffiness, that doesn't mean that you're clear. You have to test negative. Anybody who's unvaccinated has got to self-isolate for 10 days. And they have to get tested. You know, and, and then, you know, the um, so when the when the prime minister in, in all of the uh, uh, territories in, in, in all the uh, three territories and 10 provinces here in Canada, you know, uh, the government getting together and talking about, um, you know, what's our, you know, what's our next step, you know, here, here in Canada of, you know, of getting, of getting things moving, you know, so we can, um, get going here, you know, and get out of this mess, you know? So, um, I, I don't know what to tell you because, you know, we had, uh, the top minister, uh, health minister here in Ontario he was talking the other day, um, well, the health health minister, well, I, just, I don't know if you call him, well, he's a health minister in the federal government that, you know, uh, he was talking about mandating vaccines. You know, meaning making it law. I mean, in the in the education system here in Canada, every child, you know, beginning of their their vaccines at, you know, um, I think it's like three months and six months and then a year and then, you know, whatever maybe two years old, all have to be vaccinated, you know, before they even start school. I mean, mandating it on the general, on, on the, on the general public, you know, isn't going to work. But if they mandate this into the educational system, as they did for smallpox and polio and for measles and mumps and chickenpox, etc., these vaccines. It would be, it would be virtually impossible for the government to mandate it on the general population. It just would not even happen. Because you right now, you have a choice. 
You have a choice either to get vaccinated or not. And if you work for big corporations who have mandated vaccines in their in, in the corporations that you are to be vaccinated or face losing your job, that's your choice. I mean, why would you want to give up a good paying job if you have a good paying job? The Toronto Transit Commission, the bus drivers in the city of Toronto make 35 to $40 an hour. Why would you risk that? Why would you, why would you not get vaccinated to keep your job? And you go work for $15 an hour because that's what the minimum wage here is. You know, maybe you're in a position that you can retire. So it doesn't matter. You know, to pay out your, your retirement package or whatever like that and send you pack and see you later. You know, so, you know, with extending the school year too, you know, you know, they're talking about that, you know, these two weeks will provide uh, much needed time for more vaccines and boosters. Well, people are waiting for that. People are waiting for their boosters. The other problem here, ladies and gentlemen, this is, and this is so ridiculous. People booking appointments for their booster. Showing up for their appointment time and finding out they're, they're getting the Moderna vaccine for their booster. They walk out. Oh, I got Pfizer. I got Pfizer for my two shots. I don't want Moderna for my booster. I want Pfizer. The government turned around and made the Pfizer available for the most vulnerable for boosters. So people who you know, are, you know, in their 80s and 70s and that living at home and, and for people who are in um, nursing homes and retirement homes, um, ages from uh, five to um, 17 is what they're using the Pfizer for. When I got my first two doses, it was Pfizer. And then when I became eligible for the booster, which I got on the 24th of December, 
I knew going in that it was going to be the Moderna for the booster. And that's what I got. I'm not picky, ladies and gentlemen. I want to protect myself. And I want to protect my family. So these people who are bitching and complaining that they're going to get the Moderna as their booster and even as their first dose of the vaccine because they've been sitting on the fence for too goddamn long trying to make up their mind whether they're going to get vaccinated or not. Never mind the anti-vaxxers. To find out, oh, I guess, you know, I'm going to decide I'm going to get my vaccine now. You know, this is, you know, this Omicron is spreading like wildfire now. So I'm going to go get my first shot. It's going to be Moderna. Your second shot's going to be Moderna. Your booster's going to be Moderna. If you don't like it, then maybe three months ago, you should have got vaccinated. You would have got Pfizer. If that's what you want. Beggars can't be choosers. So now you made an appointment that has been so hard for so many people to make appointments and then you just cancel it just like that? And people are waiting to get in to get their boosters. You know, but you're holding up the spot until you get there to find out that you're going to get Moderna. And then you just walk out. That's ridiculous. That is nothing but childish. Unbelievable. When I was reading that, that article. It's just unbelievable. It is so childish. That people are actually doing that. And people are waiting to book appointments to get in there, to get their vaccinations, to get their boosters. And then these morons do book appointments, go find out they're going to get a Moderna for a shot, and they walk out. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. It's just absolutely freaking stupid. You know, and you want your kids back in school on January the 17th? Roll up your sleeve and get your goddamn shot. You know, it's unbelievable. It's just, you know, it just, it just really ticks me off. And, and you know what else is, is going on here too? You know, just in the general public and, you know, in surveys, you know, people like myself and probably like you have just been growing more frustrated with the unvaccinated. Whether you're hesitant still or you're an anti-vaccinant, our patients are running thin. And I don't know, you know, what goes through people's minds. I don't know what they think, who the healthcare professionals are. Who do you think nurses are? 
Who do you think they are? They're people. They're human beings that has been on the front lines from day one trying to save lives. And the pressure that is being applied to them in the burnout rate is just unspeakable. Oh, it's okay. They're just nurses. They'll be there for us. Who gives a shit, right? You know, they got some special shield around them that they can't get infected or or something like that, right? Oh, no, this virus will never affect a nurse because she's powerful. You know, she's got this wand that, that he or she just... You know, when they get in the hospital, they just put this magic wand around them and it creates this shield that, oh, God, never worry about them. They're not going to get sick. They're not going to get burnt out. They're not going to get tired. We'll just keep throwing the pressure on them and they're going to take it. What the fuck is wrong with people? Patients are growing thin with people who aren't vaccinated in the anti-vaxxers. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And they'll be the ones to first and bitch and complain because not only is it hospital staff, the paramedics, can't get an ambulance fast enough. Oh, I'm unvaccinated. I'm sick. I've got coronavirus. I have to go to the hospital. Well, the ambulance is going to be about three hours. So, you know, we can't get to you right now. Imagine that. You know, we need our paramedics, we need our ambulances on the road for real emergencies. As far as I'm concerned, people who are unvaccinated, the anti-vaxxers out there, you're not a real emergency. And the anti-vaxxers are just childish and pathetic. lose your job because you work for a corporation that's mandated and you want to get vaccinated, well, that's your damn problem. Frustration is mounting against uh, with the general public, with the people who are vaccinated. We're just sick and tired of the bitching and complaining and the freaking whining from these anti-vaxxers out there. We're just sick and tired of your bullshit. There are more people in the hospital unvaccinated than there are vaccinated. 
Because you're spreading the goddamn shit. You're like a, a, a farm manure spreader. Is who these va- anti-vaxxers are. You're just spreading this like shit everywhere. Only takes one person, ladies and gentlemen. One person. To be infected and spread it. Everybody in this household, where I reside, is vaccinated. What's keeping us out of the hospital so far is being vaccinated. Nobody's immune system is the same. Nobody has the same immunity levels at all, even if you're vaccinated. And vaccinated people are still ending up in the hospital. And with complications from COVID. Because they still have, they don't have a strong immune system. Or they have other underlying conditions and, and COVID isn't helping. We're not invincible, people. We're just not. It's it's astonishing and it's it's amazing that we can even survive on this planet. With disease and natural disasters and so on. That we even survive. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I really don't. But, you know, like I say, um, you know, I can, I can, I can consider myself lucky because, you know, I didn't get all those other symptoms. But a person in this household did. Headache, fever, Body aches, chills, sore throat, fully vaccinated, and I get a cough, a sore throat, and nasal congestion. Those are my symptoms, and I test positive.
Now I gotta wait to see when I test negative. You know, it's just like, you know, like, you know, when you get the common cold, right? You know, never mind the pandemic for a moment. You get the common cold, you get a sore throat and and, and stuff. And it just, just carries on. It's just something that just, just doesn't want to go away. You know, you're, 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 you take lozenges or, or you take, you know, uh, cough medicine and, you know, you, you go to work and it just goes on five days. You still got this cough and stuffiness and, and all that stuff, you know, like, you know, the common cold can just, you know, carry on for like 10 days, you know? So, um, so I said before I, I can, before I can return to work, I gotta have, I gotta have, a negative test. I mean, I can't assume after, you know, the five day isolation because I'm fully vaccinated. I can't assume that I'm clear. No, because, you know, if they, even if they uh, back it up to Friday when it went for the test, so they got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So if Wednesday, if I still have a sore throat, and stuffiness, then I'm not out of the woods. That basically has to be cleared up. You know, then, and then, you know, we have, you know, um, you know, when I, when I talked about, you know, the, uh, uh, the city of Toronto, when it, when it, uh, came to, um, uh, you know, for the, the paramedics. So on the upwards of 50 ambulances were tied up at a Toronto hospitals this weekend when a code red was issued. 50 ambulances tied up at all the hospitals around the city of Toronto. Because the paramedics, when they bring you to the hospital, you know, they gotta wait. You know, once the staging area gets full, you know, a couple ambulances, you still gotta wait. The paramedics have to stay with the patient because the doctors and nurses are dealing with other patients. You know, in, in there, you know, they talk about in more typical times around 40 Toronto ambulances are usually available to respond to calls at any point, according to the city spokesperson. And you got 50 ambulances taken out of service because they got to sit and wait with the patient. Even if they're not offloaded from the ambulance, they're still going to be attended to by the paramedic. It's ridiculous that this should even be happening. You know, I mentioned last night that, you know, people around the world think, 
Oh yeah, Canada's got a great healthcare system. Universal healthcare is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's bullshit. We see how this pandemic has affected this healthcare system. It's hanging, it's hanging on, it's hanging on by a piece of thread. If our healthcare system in this country was so great, then we wouldn't have to cancel elective surgeries. We wouldn't have to cancel minor surgeries, even with a pandemic going on. People would still be able to get these surgeries. But oh no, we canceled all that. COVID-19 patients are taking up the wards. They're taking up the, up the ICUs. The only thing that we got going for us right now with our healthcare system in this country is that, you know, I don't have to pay to see a doctor. I don't have to go pay to, and get treatment. And what a universal health care system means is that our health care system is paid by our tax dollars. It's not free. Nothing's free. We pay for it here. Just, you know, not like they do in the United States where you have to buy your health care. And people in the United States, there's a lot of people in the United States can't even afford to do that. Because they don't understand universal health care in the United States. They don't understand that. And here you have a copay. You have to have a copay, you know, to see a doctor. And let, you know, even if you have, even if you have health insurance, well, you got to pay your doctor 50 bucks just to sit down and chair in front of him and talk to him. That's ridiculous. But our health care isn't, isn't as great as people think it is. It just isn't. We just take it for granted is what we do as Canadians. We just take our health care system for granted. We will survive it, but it just goes to show you, it opens up all the cracks in the healthcare system in this country. And the federal government and the provincial government better fix it. Over the decades from, from levels of government, you know, whether it was the Liberal Party who was the leader or the Conservative Party or the NDP Party, you know, they they um, have their caucus, they have their, their educational ministers, their health, they have their health, they have their health ministers. And these health ministers are in charge of the health care. 
and what they've done over the decades of hack and slash our healthcare system, all the shit. Not giving enough funding to the hospitals and say, you have a dollar to fucking to manage your affairs. Basically, you might as well say that's what they've given them. And the cutbacks. It's just ridiculous. One of the wealthiest countries in the world. And we just have people that think they just do as they please with our money. And hack and slash services. And then when something like this happens, unforeseen, unforeseen a pandemic happen. And then you see how fragile the healthcare system in Canada is, how fragile it really is. Yeah, we have great doctors here. We have great specialists here. Great nurses here. But they can only help you if we have the availability that we have the capacity. And where we have to call in the military special services from our military to come in to help in hospitals. They're going out to the most rural areas in this country, in the three territories, because they don't have the staff, they don't have the availability. They don't have the full services that we have in these large cities. And they're even helping out even in some of the large cities because staff shortages, because people are coming down with COVID and they gotta self-isolate. The province of Quebec is calling back their nurses earlier than the five days of isolation to work because they can't keep up with it with the staff they have. So they're going to call back people who are infected to come back into the hospitals. How the hell is that going to work? I don't know what the hell is wrong with the province of Quebec. They operate like they they operate like they're like they're their own country. They honestly do. They make up their own frickin' laws. You know, for an example, you know, when it comes to people who come from, you know, uh, you know, like the Middle East or whatever like that, where people, you know, uh, or they wear uh, uh, turbans or whatever head coverings the women wear, you know, from that culture, 
if they if they work in a, a, a government facility, they can't wear that, according to the Quebec government. Totally going against their beliefs or their religions. Totally against it. This is the province of Quebec's government. This is what they do. But calling back staff who's not even been isolating for five days or whatever the case may be and calling them back because they've got a shortage of staff. It doesn't even make sense. Oh, just call back the infected people and we'll just infect more people. Brilliant. Just freaking brilliant idea. Wish I I would have thought of that. You know, I'd give myself a pat on the back because I'm a politician. Unbelievable. You know, I've never seen anything so stupid in my life. You know, besides people who are walking away from from getting their vaccines because it's a Moderna. I mean, that's just right, like, like right up there. How stupid that is. Oh, I'm not getting the Pfizer shot. Well, I guess, you know, you know, nah, I don't want it. That's ridiculous. You know, it's like you can't wear a turban. You can't wear your head, your head coverings as a woman in the, in the province of Quebec. The only province in this entire country of Canada, the only province is doing that, that people who work in public government, police services, whatever, they can't wear, they can't wear that. It's being challenged. It's going to be taken to the Supreme Court of Canada. And I hope the government of Quebec gets their ass handed to them for preventing people, doesn't matter where you're from or whatever your religion beliefs are. If you wear a turban or any other head coverings, you should be allowed to do that. You're allowed anywhere else in Canada to do that, but not the province of Quebec. God forbid. It's ridiculous. see how that pans out for them. We'll see how this pans out for them. We're calling back nurses who are on leave because they have to isolate or they're infected. They're calling them back to work because they have a shortage. That doesn't even make sense. In the province of Quebec, that's what's happening. I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, you know, we can, you know, the shortage of nurses, you know, even pre-pandemic, you know, we've we've always seen that, you know, but not at this magnitude, but shortage of nurses by, 
by any means. You know, people, you know, people leaving the, the, the profession, you know, um, retirement, you know, people leaving the profession, you know, um, because of, of pay um, or whatever the, the cases may be, you know, and not enough nurses coming into the field. So like I say, when we have an unforeseen situation that the world finds themselves in right now, you know, should be an eye opener for everybody, no matter where you are in this world, about your healthcare system in the country where you reside. And what's it like, what's it like, like, how's it been, you know, since the pandemic and look back what it was like pre-pandemic. Things have gotten a lot worse. When it starts to affect not just, you know, hospitals affecting paramedics affecting police affecting fire departments you think these people don't get sick you think these people won't get sick they're getting sick Yeah, I can't tell you what to do, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you have to make up your own mind. You got to make your own decisions. I mean, if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. That's up to you, though. I just I can say I can just ask you to do just that. To all my fellow Canadians, you know, do the same thing. I can only ask you to get to get vaccinated. It's up to you. It's a decision that people are going to have to make. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we start seeing numbers starting to come down, you know, by, by mid January, maybe the end of January, we start to things start to level out, start to drop. I don't think the government here in Ontario is going to really make much, much changes on January 21st. If we're still seeing these high numbers in the hospital and in the ICUs that they'll extend these restrictions for another two to three weeks. If we don't start to see a decline in hospitalizations. Because they're going to put the kids back in school on the 17th of January. I hope it works out. I really do. And if we have to close the schools at the end of January, for an example, who are we going to blame? 
We're going to point the finger at the government because you said that you were going to make the return to school safe. And you've said this throughout this entire pandemic and the schools have been out. Last year, when they did not return from the March break, What's going to happen this time? I guess we're going to wait and find out. So thank you for joining me this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Coming here on the Truckers Podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you come out here and, you know, listen to me sometimes bitch and complain about things because... If, if we don't, then we're not human, right? I'm sure you do the same thing. So I thank you for coming out here and listening. And hope you can join me again. And um, it's getting really snowy out there this evening and getting quite cold. So hopefully, uh, you know, this... Eh, wouldn't call it a storm, just a system, just a system moving through the area here. Uh, hopefully it, uh, it passes and uh, it doesn't affect the internet like it has in the past. And uh, I'll have another show, uh, another show tomorrow because what is today? Gosh, what is it? Monday? Yeah, Monday. So, <laughs> I'm going to be here tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to be home until I get the all player to go back to work. So hopefully, hopefully that comes soon. I really do. So, but in the meantime, yeah, uh, I got lots of time on my hands because I can't go anywhere because I have to isolate. So come out here and talk to you and enjoy what I enjoy what I like doing. You know, that's why started doing this podcast you know two years ago starting to do this actually yeah it is it's uh it was like uh yeah it was january january 20 yeah january 2020 like january the 3rd of 2020 is when i started doing the show so it puts me up to like almost like 300, I don't know what it is now, 315 episodes, something like 310 hours. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy doing this and I enjoy, and I enjoy your company. I really do. So I will be back out again, you know. Uh, there is a couple other stories on here that I didn't get to and stuff like that so um, we'll get to those hopefully tomorrow i try to i try to do it in the morning now i try to do one this morning but you know i was up a lot last night and 
Um, my throat was like still sore this morning. It feels a little bit better this evening. That's why I decided to do a show. So hopefully, you know, it always seems like nighttime when you just start to feel, you know, more lousy again. You know, it's like when you, you know, even just with the common cold, you know, you just, you feel more stuffed up at nighttime than you do during the daytime. So, you know, in morning time. So hopefully, you know, um, I can, you know, do a morning show. I, I, I do want, I, I would like to put a time up on that, but, you know, I can't guarantee, you know, if I can, you know, say if I started at one at 10 o'clock in the morning, say, Hey, I'm going to start one at 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, that's when I, that's when I feel, that's when I, you know, at nighttime and in the mornings, that's when I feel the worst, you know, that as a day, you know, goes on, you know, feel better, you know, but I'm not better. I'm getting there though, but, uh, yeah, but I'll just, you know, I did, I did post one up tonight because, you know, like it was, it was like, uh, what time was it like nine fifteen? So I like give myself 45 minutes. I already had a couple of topics up here that I wanted to talk about anyways. So, you know, I thought, you know, I want to get a shoe out here, you know, before I go to bed and, and stuff like that. So, because it is right now, you know, 11.15 p.m. here in here in Ontario, Canada. So um, I do want to get back out tomorrow morning. But what I, what I think I'm going to do is that I'm going to put the show up um, for 11 a.m. And that, you know, get up. I get up early anyways and just time to chill out, you know, have, you know, some warm liquids, you know, coffee, tea, you know, or something like that to help soothe the throat and uh, get out here and do another show, you know. So thank you for joining me again and enjoy the rest of your evening or if it's, you know, already tomorrow and wherever you are in the world, you know, enjoy your day and thank you. This is the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Take care, and thank you.